What is good, everybody? Welcome to the best of on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. If you are new to the show, this is where we give you the best five minutes from all of our long form shows during the week. In case you missed it, in case you don't listen to every show, maybe you hear something you haven't heard before, and maybe you tune in to more of our shows. Really happy this week, Vish Kumaran made his return after a almost month-long hiatus. He had to go on vacation, so he is now back, luckily. And that's where we begin this journey. On Mondays, me and Vish Kumaran, we call it under review. You've got Richard Sherman saying in 2019, like he just kind of casually threw it out there like, hey, the Niners didn't take things as seriously as maybe they should have. There were some guys that were partying before the Super Bowl. And the Niners lost that Super Bowl. And I when do, did he say this? He said it on his show. I think he was interviewing Jair Brown. Oh, and he just, he just threw it out there like, yeah, you know, maybe there were some guys in 2019 that were doing some things. And it was like, damn. And I do feel like with this current 49ers team, Vish, they kind of feel themselves a little bit. They kind of get overconfident. They kind of think like, hey, we're just going to show up and teams are going to bow down because we're the big, bad 49ers, especially now. Everyone's going to say, I've said it coming off the bye week. They're going to kick everybody's ass. Is there somebody in there that's going to be the Jerry Rice and say, hey, we need to we haven't done anything yet. We need to buckle down and we need to treat this as a business trip, so to speak. Well, it seems to be Brock Purdy's personality. Um, so I, I, will, I will say him. It seems to be Christian McCaffrey's personality. So I would say him. It seems to be Nick Bosa's personality as well. So I would say him. Um, I do remember him, Fred Warner and George Kittle doing a one bite with Dave Portnoy, you know, one of those pizza reviews at the time. But that was the only thing I remember those guys doing. I do remember also Frank Gore, Navarro Bowman, Vernon Davis, Patrick Willis being photographed before the 2012 Super Bowl going out pretty late in New Orleans, if I remember correctly. I think that's a part of it. I think all of this stuff becomes only a story when they lose. I'm not going to lie to you, Rob. Um, I I think that we never hear about the partying that the team that wins does. Um, but often they do probably the same partying during the week. Like you're telling me, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, those guys weren't having a good time in Miami that entire two weeks. And the Niners players were the only ones going out. I, I find that hard to believe. I think... When you lose, you start to look for the reasons why you lost. And then you start to look at all the little things you didn't do. Um, but oftentimes, I think both teams are not doing those little things. I think your point about them needing somebody to keep them focused is the more important thing here. Because they've gone on these little streaks, and then they've had one game that it feels not... It, it doesn't just feel like, hey, this is a bad game for a team that's had this streak of momentum and all of that. It feels like it comes apart completely in that one game. The Cleveland game, they kind of came apart completely. The Cincinnati game, they kind of did as well. Oh. And then the Baltimore game, it wasn't just that they lost to Baltimore. The five turnovers, they got kind of dismantled in that game where we didn't even get to see them go through the adversity of, oh, they're not playing as well as they did when they're winning game after game. It was like, well, they've now turned the ball over five times, making it very hard to evaluate a lot of elements of this game because you're not winning when you have a five to zero turnover discrepancy. And so I, I think that when you look at all of those things, I think that they do need somebody to refocus it. I'm saying Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Bosa, 
um, because their personalities seem to be very even. Fred Warner even. Uh, he should have been included as well for sure. But their personalities seem to be very even keel. George Kittle as well, regardless of how the Niners are doing. Where but those guys? we haven't seen any – I was yeah, we haven't seen any of those guys really put their foot down in any of these um, pivotal moments yet. So we'll have to see if one of them steps up and becomes that. Exactly. Where were those guys when the team started sniffing themselves when they were 5-0 and after beating Dallas? I mean, Bosa admitted it. We got overconfident. He said, you know, we thought we were the team we needed to be. Fred Warner in the team huddle after one of the wins said, hey, we learned our lesson, right? One game at a time. Where were those guys to prevent that from happening in the first place? I don't know. You know, there's that famous clip of Joe Montana in the locker room saying, hey, there's, you know, there's a lot of teams that have won by a bunch. And then the next week they come out and they look like crap. And that's not going to happen to right. us. That was a big deal within the 49ers because Joe Montana very rarely said stuff like that and very rarely addressed the team in the locker room. So the fact that he spoke up was a big deal. And that message carried a lot of weight. Who Here, here's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't realize. Just go say, ahead. Is Purdy that guy? Is it? Is it McCaff- McCaffrey doesn't really speak up? It doesn't seem like he's a very vocal guy. I don't know who that guy is. Maybe it's so, got to be Kyle. So I think your point about the guy, we don't know that. I think it's a really fair question about this team, and we do need to find that out about them. My counter argument to you is that I think this team has shared experiences that might make them not need a guy. They might not need somebody to refocus them because the majority of this team, this core was there in 2019 when they got heartbroken versus the Chiefs. They were like, okay, no, 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 we'll come right back. Then 2020, everybody got hurt. Okay, everybody got hurt. We can run this back. Then 2021, you lose a devastating game to the Rams where you're up 10 in the fourth quarter, a team that you had beaten twice. You felt like it was meant to be. You went on this run and you lose. Okay, fine. 2022, we got to be better earlier. You're better earlier, and then you lose quarterback after quarterback, and then your third-string quarterback, you think you can win with this guy. He's playing better than any quarterback has played for you in San Francisco. In, even in that season, and what happens? He gets hurt five, you know, two minutes into the NFC Championship game. They've had this heartbreak year after year with this same core, and I think that's what should refocus them now that they're in the playoffs. Okay, they smelt their roses a little bit during the regular season. They also, I think, looked at themselves at 5-0 and and felt ahead of what they have been in other moments, in other points, in other years where they've been equally successful. Now that they're in the playoffs, They know what it's like. They know what it's like to lose in the most heartbreaking fashion multiple times over and over again. They might not need a guy to refocus because the majority of this football team has been there and done that. And being there and doing that is losing a playoff game. Tuesdays is the Bully Ball podcast. I filled in for Jason Aponte with Steph Sanchez. Scale of one to 10. How worried are you about Jake Moody? Um, I'll say seven or between like six and seven. All right. And I'll wow. just say, is that too high? Is that too high? I think it's, I think it's way too high. I think that's a new, like, okay, fine. Six, like six. Cause five is like neutral. Like I'm, I feel like, should we have mentioned what the scaling kind of looks like? That out. <laughs> okay. One is obviously not worried at all. Five is like, I could be worried, like, you know, either way. And six is like, you're just slightly over. I could be worried. I, you know, it could be a thing. Uh, so that's where I'm at with Moody. I understand. And I've seen the overreaction of everyone uh, or not everyone, but just some people who think that the 49ers need to find 
another kicker. They need to be calling up Robbie Gold. I I saw someone because I was just, you know, looking at some articles about this. NBC Sports Bay Area like posted uh someone's overreaction, right? And it said that Kyle and Lynch needed to be fired if they lose a playoff game due to a moody missed field goal or PAT. I don't know if I'm there yet, but obviously that would be catastrophic if that were to happen. Uh, but I don't think I'd, I'd be trying to fire the two. So very, very two different sides of the spectrum. And from what I've taken, uh, seeing you on Twitter and, you know, he- hearing your pods, I, you know, it doesn't sound like you're all too concerned about Jake Moody. Tell us why. Well, if you, excuse me, if you're watching on the stream, you can see he has one miss inside of 40 yards this year. He's missed one extra point all year, and it came last week. And he had made 49 straight kicks before missing twice last week. Like 49 straight kicks. I feel like what is happening with Jake Moody is that we Remember the misses more than the makes, right? Nobody knew he had made 49 straight kicks. I guarantee you nobody knew that. Because when he makes it, we don't even think about it. It doesn't register at all. But when he misses, that hurts us. So we remember it more. So our thinking is not clear on this. Jake Moody has the exact same field goal percentage as Robbie Gold last year. 84%. Mm-hmm. They're the same. True. Like, I think that we are just hurt more by the moody misses and so we don't remember the actual reality of the situation so our thinking is biased it's actually pretty incredible to look back on gold's final season and and moody's you know rookie season and see how similar they are like yeah you mentioned the 84 percent uh you know field goal percentage 50 of 51 on extra points is was is what was what was oh my god what gold was what gold was <laughs> what gold was in his final season and moody was 60 of 61 so just one missed uh pat the reason obviously that there's an overreaction with moody i think we know he was a third round pick so he's expected to be perfect and Which also with with robbie gold we kind of knew what we had already so we had a larger sample size of Robbie Gold. So if there was a miss, it's like, oh, it's it's fine. Like, he he's okay because it's Robbie Gold, and we know he could bounce back from this. Not a big deal. But Jake Moody, it's a slightly different thing and reaction because it's a smaller sample size. What we have seen, and again, I got to reiterate, small sample size, but it seems like the misses come in – clusters right they they kind of come after each other you think about the the browns game and then after that the the vikings game right and then two misses in in one game this past week so i think that's also the concern from people and we haven't seen jake moody yet in a playoff game robbie gold was perfect in the playoffs jake moody to be determined, right? So we still don't know. The unknown, of course, is very uncomfortable for us. And when we, we feel like we have a team that's Super Bowl bound, ha- has all the talent in the world to be able to win a Super Bowl, and you look at a guy like Jake Moody potentially standing in the way of that, I mean, I think I get why people overreact. But at the same time, they don't really have any other choice. They're going to have to continue riding with Moody. It sounds like Kyle Shanahan feels that way too. So, you know, let's, let's move on. 
On Wednesdays, Grant Cohn stops by of Sports Illustrated. We call it Stats and Cohn. On social media yesterday, looking around, what's going on with the Niners? And I see this clip of Mark Schlereth from the Stinking Truth podcast. Of course, Schlereth, who calls games for Fox, I believe he called uh, the 49ers game. If was I think it was this week 18 he did uh, with the Rams. <laughs> but he had an interesting clip about Brock Purdy, because if you don't know, the broadcast teams meet with players and coaches before games. And it's sort of like um, on the record, but not really on the record conversation. Like it's understood that you're going to get some juicy info in those sessions, but you can't say like, Hey, Kyle Shanahan told me X, Y, Z. You just kind of have to use what you learn in those sessions to inform what you say during the game. But stink talked about a conversation he had with Brock Purdy And I thought it was really interesting because he brought up the idea of Brock being a game manager. And here was Brock's response. He bowed his back a little bit. He bowed his back because Brock Purdy told me anybody who calls me a game manager either is not watching the film or doesn't know what they're looking at. And the end, the the end of this thing will tell the story. And I'm I'm telling me goes like like hey listen I'm not saying I'm the best. I'll say I'm the best quarterback or I'm the best, you know, but he goes, I got some gunslinger in me and you look at some of the throws I make. You look at some of the windows I throw it into. He goes, I know that I'm not the biggest armed guy. I never have been. So I had to make up for the lack of arm talent with perfect timing, with great footwork, with being on time and knowing where everybody is. I got to say, I love that from Brock. And I feel like that's that element, that cockiness, that swag, whatever you want to call it. The Niners have not had that at quarterback, especially under Kyle Shanahan. They just haven't. They haven't had that guy that wants to go out and stick it to you. And I feel like that could be the difference in the playoffs in a tight spot. Maybe where if Kyle starts to pucker up a little bit, like we know he sometimes does, maybe that swag from Brock will help them get over the hump. I interpret this totally differently. You interpret this as confidence. I interpret this as insecurity. The lack of confidence. Like, yeah, he plays confidently a lot, but this thing is like a bugaboo of his. Hey, don't call me a game manager, which is what Cam Newton did. Cam Newton got under his skin, calling him a game manager. I believe that was on December 14th. Then 11 days later, Brock Purdy has the worst game of his career on national television Christmas night, sort of trying to prove that he's got that gunslinger in him, throwing that interception in the uh, in the first drive of the game. So to me, this is kind of what he needs to overcome. Like, this is your insecurity. Stop trying to prove the naysayers wrong, dude. Who freaking cares? You're this close to winning the Super Bowl. The the narratives will take care of themselves. You don't have to set the record straight. And one thing I don't necessarily, I really respect Brock Purdy. I like him a lot. He said this off the record or privately to Mark Schlereth, who had to relay it and give the cliff notes and summarize it. I asked Brock Purdy on the record in in a group interview just a few days after Cam Newton said what he said. I said, do you consider yourself a game manager? And Brock Purdy said, I don't know. I don't want to comment on that. Like I said, I'm playing quarterback, trying to win games, and we'll see at the end of all of it. That's the right answer. That's the right answer. I don't know, man. I don't care. It's not not something I'm thinking about. We're going to win the Super Bowl, and it'll work itself out. Don't go to Mark Slareth and be like, hey, man, people don't get it. 
People just don't understand. If they watch the film, they know. Like, don't do that. You don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. It makes you look petty and insecure, I think. And someone who's extremely insecure, me, I can feel insecure. <laughs> you know what I mean? It takes one to know one. It takes one to know one. So that is the nature of those production meetings is that it's, like I said, it's kind of off the record. Like it's understood that you're not going to reveal specifically maybe exactly what was said. In and those then he did. And Thanks, then he Mark. Did. Yeah, that's a different thing. But you can tell Brock is very conscious of the this. his public comments about stuff. Like you, we see on the podium, he's all shucks kind of guy. But then on the field, he's banging his chest and, you know, he's doing the primal scream. Yeah. So like, yeah, as he, he should. Right. So I think like what he told Mark Schlereth is how he really feels and what he answered yeah. to you in the press conference is what he thinks he should say in the press conference. Of course. Hey man, um, you should, you should say what you think you should say to Mark Schlereth. He's not your friend. He's media. He's going to go. If he, if he doesn't do it on the, on the broadcast, he'll do it on the podcast. And he just did. And he made you look insecure. Like you gave the answer to me in public for a reason, because you understand. Like I don't want to even go there. I don't want to get into that. I'll just be above it, as you should be. So look, man, you're 24 years old. You probably trusted this Mark Schlereth. He probably abused your trust. You learned a lesson, man. You can't trust. Can't trust these media members. As a media member myself, can't be trusting us. Well, I'm surprised. So full disclosure, I worked with Mark Schlereth at ESPN for years. I've gotten to know him pretty well. Um, it was surprised if this did take place in a production meeting and I don't know that for sure, but that's what I'm thinking because, because of what Brock told him and the difference in the answers between the two spots, I'm assuming it was in one of those production meetings. So I'm surprised that, uh, that stink would reveal that. Cause clearly Brock, you know, he had the opportunity to say that publicly and he didn't take it. Um, I, maybe it's not a huge violation to trust, but I just feel like it, it's, and maybe it's not a big deal, but I think it's, it's such an interesting insight into Brock Purdy's psyche. Thursdays is the original gold standard podcast with myself and the human wet blanket, Levin Black. I really think that this is now the official start of the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay era in the National Football League. Bill Belichick, no longer the head coach of the Patriots. Pete Carroll, no longer the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. There are rumors Mike Tomlin may be stepping down at the end of the season. We don't know what's going to happen with Mike McCarthy in Dallas. There's rumors that he could get canned if the Cowboys don't win the Super Bowl. I think this is it. McVay and Shanahan are the longest tenured coaches in the NFC right now. I think it's our time. Well, one, let's hope. Because currently it's McVeigh's league because he actually won a Super Bowl. So Kyle Shanahan has to win one in so order to, to, to make that a thing, right? So if Kyle Shanahan wins this year, then that becomes a thing. If, say, Harbaugh wins his second one, then I would argue that it's the Andy Reid-John Harbaugh league because those two would become – Andy Reid's already there. But I think John Harbaugh, if he wins a second Super Bowl, there becomes a conversation of, all right, how high – does he rank amongst all time? You know, he gets into that all time conversation because he's been around like 15 years and it'd be multiple Super Bowls. So it, it's a swing a year. It's one of those years where it's almost like when last year, when Tom Brady retired, all right, now we have this transition period of who's going to step up and be the face of the league. What is happening right now? I don't know. Happy what is happening? Birthday! <laughs> 
Michelle Majuk is here. Michelle, what is going on? Well, you're crashing the show? I'm crashing your birthday party. Did you I told plan- you I had to send a text. You how- planned this. this you- is a- <laughs> how old are you now, old man? 39 years old today. Yeah, you're you officially have- a year older than me again. You still got one more year to call yourself young. Yeah, that's what everybody's <laughs> saying. My aunt was like, oh, you're young for one more year. Like, damn, that's it? That's all I get is that one more year? It is. So did you already talk about what you're doing for your birthday today? No, I'm not doing anything today. Why not? Didn't you say last week on the Gold Digger show that everything has to be about you on your birthday? And Yes, I like people to make a big deal on my birthday. I've been checking my Facebook page. People have been sending me messages. I love it. I love that it is my birthday. Don't get your hopes up about me on Facebook. I'll just say that. Yeah, don't worry. I'm I not. made a policy a long time ago in college. It's like, all right, I have almost a friend every single day that has a birthday. I'm not doing this every day. I'll <laughs> just not do anybody so that I don't get people going, well, you send him a message, not me. We're going. Yeah, Levin, you kind of look like you're wearing an apron. An apron? Yeah. Show the people what shirt you're wearing. I guarantee Michelle has no idea who's on that shirt. Oh, well, I didn't see the whole thing. Isn't that um like a Looney Tune guy? Oh, the, the um. I, I regret sending the link to you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's Darkwing Duck. Come on. You don't know. It's a Looney Tune. No, it's not. It's a Disney show from the yeah. 90s. Jeez, you don't know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now you don't know Darkwing Duck. I think we need to do like a an episode where we just go through every single cartoon from the 80s and 90s <laughs> and see if Michelle can even get 10% of them identified correctly. <laughs> Probably not. Sounds like an off-season show. Michelle, really quick, is Mike Tomlin going to be your head coach or is he going to step down after this year? Because there's some smoke out there. I think he'll be the head coach. I don't know. Uh, That seems like very random. It would be a random decision by him and really unfortunate for the franchise. You'd have opens the door for Big Ben to come back and be the coach, right? (laughs) No, but if they do want to go hire a fun offensive uh, coach, I'm down for that, actually. Then you would have Belichick, Pete Carroll, Mike Tomlin all retiring or leaving their teams, I should say, in the same season. It'd be wild. What would be crappy is if he waits a long time to do it, because then all the best coaches would be gone. True. Yeah. I I don't see it either. I think he's Pittsburgh through and through. I'll let you guys finish your show, but I just wanted to come on and say happy birthday to my bestie. Thank you, Michelle. Bye, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. You jerk. You planned that from the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, I heard your show last Friday. And I was like, all right, I should invite Michelle on. And then I was sitting here and I was like, you ready to go live? And as soon as I asked you that, it dawned on me, wait, Rob sends the link every time to Michelle. She doesn't have the login like I do because she doesn't do any shows like on her own like when I was doing a few right. in the early days. So, yeah, I realized, wait, I got to send her the, a text with the link. Otherwise, she'll never get in here. I really should have picked up on that. Uh, Joey Rose says, oh, man, can we get a Michelle and Levin podcast? Oh, maybe. Um, Roger says, Kyle Shanahan needs a ring to be mentioned in that group of coaches. Yep. Yes, I think that's fair. But also, like, I just feel like we're on the precipice of this. Like, look what happened with Belichick once he got Brady. They were playing for the Super Bowl every single year. Andy Reid with McNabb was in the NFC Championship game, felt like, every year. Certainly with Patrick Mahomes. they never fail to make the AFC championship game. Now that you've got Kyle and you've got Brock, it feels like that's the era that we are entering into. 
You know, Rob, if you like this narrative, you should put a ring on it. Huh? Huh? Yeah, there you go. You're welcome. Nice birthday, dad joke pun. You're welcome. We finish out the week on Fridays with Michelle Majuk, researcher and fantasy football expert for NFL Network. We call it the Gold Diggers. Boom. 15 minutes before we hit the air, we get news that Adam Peters is leaving for Washington. And honestly, I'm more interested in the all pro team. Like that was the news that interested me more. But Adam Peters, I told you straight up. I was like, well, I know very little about him. I'm also extremely confused by the whole situation because the commanders never, as far as I've seen, have not come out to say they fired Martin Mayhew at GM. So now they just have two GMs. I don't really understand what's happening. Well, one of the insiders that put a tweet out about it said that he was hired to be the like head of football operations. And then they edited the tweet to say he's been hired to be the GM. I don't know what position Adam Peters just got, but he apparently is going to be doing something important in Washington. There are a lot of little tentacles to this story that I want to get to. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the all pro teams as well. As you said, we have best bets for wildcard weekend. It is a full boat on the program today. Woo. All right, let's dive into the Adam Peters news. I'm, I think I have a different reaction than most people, Michelle. We don't know how important Adam Peters was. I'm not saying he wasn't important because he's gone. I'm saying I have no idea, and neither do you. Neither do any of us. We're talking about the assistant general manager. I don't know how important he was, so I don't really know how to feel right now. Yeah, I have really not much to add to this. I mean, it's never a good thing to lose someone, I feel like, especially if another team values what he's been doing and they feel he deserves to be promoted. That means they must feel like he's done a really good job, right? Or else they would not want to give this guy a higher position. So that means that a talented person from our the 49ers management team is leaving. That's never a good thing, but it doesn't mean he is shoes can't be filled. Um, we don't know exactly what he's done or not done. And the whole thing is just like more confusing to me on the commander side. I don't really get what they're doing. Also what? never use the word tentacles again. Cause that was what? disgusting. Why? What did you mean? There are tentacles. It was just so weird. It was just very weird and I did not like it. It was gross. Uh, you didn't like the little hand motion that I did with it too. huh? <laughs> the whole thing was just icky. It was icky. So, there's a lot here to unpack because the thinking in San Francisco had been for years that John Lynch was going to return to TV and that Adam Peters was going to just step up and take the job. And we even saw John Lynch get an extension this year and they gave him another title. It was like head of football operations, president of football operations, whatever it was. And so that was sort of the thinking was that they would promote John Lynch to this title. They would make Adam Peters the GM. And even if Lynch did stay on, that's how they would sort of coexist. But then we got news of the John Lynch contract extension. We got news a month later that he got the new puffy title. And then there was nothing like they could have promoted Adam Peters at that point and made him the general manager at that point. And they didn't. And it seems weird to me that that didn't happen. What is the point of giving John Lynch this new fruit fruit title? If you're not going to, if there are no ripple effects down the line. So I almost wonder if like, something changed. Oh, it appears we lost Michelle. Maybe she'll hop back in in a second. Um, I almost wonder if something changed with Adam Peters. What was that the plan? And then it somehow became not the plan. I don't know. 
but it seems weird that John Lynch would get this new title and then nothing else would happen in the scouting department. There would be no ripples. Michelle is back. Michelle, I lost you. Yeah, my electricity went out. It is insanely windy in here. Whoa. I'm on my personal hotspot now. We'll see how well this works, uh, but it keeps flickering my electricity, so I don't want to stay on my current Wi-Fi. Oh, boy. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, Antonio, YouTube channel member, shout out to you, says people freaking out over Adam Peters have no idea how scouting works. The scouts gave Peters, Lynch, and Shanahan the same exact players to look at. They aren't exactly doing the scouting. The scouts are. Well, the scouts are a huge part of it. Yes, Antonio, I would agree with you. But also, like, Peters, I'm sure, has some scouting experience in his history. Like, I, I don't want to totally eliminate it, you know, his importance, because he takes the, the scouting reports and goes through them and then decides which players they want. So it's not like he's just listening to everything that scouts say and doing no work. Let's let's not get it twisted. You guys see my electricity freaking out behind it's me? crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I know it. It is pretty wild here right now. Um, now you see me without my ring light, and I don't. I don't like it personally. But <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we really just don't know enough. But it is kind of crazy to say that he doesn't matter, right? If a team is hiring him to be their GM, how much focus do we put on GM hires? I mean, it's huge. They're so important. So clearly, there's something there with the scouting and how important they are to finding these talented players and bringing in the right players and hiring or drafting the correct prospects. It's not just all the scouts doing everything. I totally agree with you. I'm fascinated by what is occurring at your house right now. Please, I hope everything is, I hope you're safe and everybody's safe there. And if you need to go, like, feel free. I, I can handle it. Especially it's so funny because it's so sunny and looks beautiful outside. It's just the wind. Weird. Uh, Antonio is a YouTube channel member, by the way. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership badges, and you get priority comment response. If you pay an extra dollar a month, you'll get access to 49ers in 5 the second it's done instead of having to wait till the next morning. That's our daily 49ers news update that you get every weekday morning. So please, please do. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, yes, so the Adam Peters thing is gone. A lot of people have been talking about, as Shades by Chardal says, Tariq Ahmad, who is the director of college scouting for the 49ers. I think today's a great day for Tariq Ahmad because either he leaves with Adam Peters, which is something we don't know. We don't know who Peters is going to take with him. But either he leaves with Adam Peters and gets a promotion, or he stays with the 49ers, becomes the new number two behind John Lynch, and gets a promotion. That's a pretty good position to be in. I think that's probably the biggest worry right now is that Adam Peters takes a bunch of people, a, a bunch of talented people, people in the, in the offices that, that could affect the 49ers. But at the same time, I just don't really care right now. Right. We're headed into the playoffs. <laughs> this, the GM, the assistant GM does not matter in terms of this playoff run, just win, right. just win the Super Bowl, And then we can worry about how this affects the draft after that. A hundred percent. You're right. That, you know, they have bigger fish to fry right now. I agree. And that's clearly the number one goal for the 49ers. And that was something we were going to talk about, sort of how, like, you know, locked in they are and all that stuff. And, and we'll get to that. But I have one more point to make on this. And it's something that I don't think people necessarily know. And again, none of this is to minimize Adam Peters. Uh, he could be the greatest scout and, and GM. I, I don't know. But I will just say this. This is what I have learned in my 15 years in the sports media business. A lot of the guys that get hyped, particularly in roles like this, head coaching roles, front office roles, they get hyped because they get pushed 
by insiders in the business. And the reason they get pushed by insiders in the business is because they have been sources for those insiders for a very long time. So basically it goes like this, right? Insiders form relationships with people working inside organizations. Those people feed the insiders stories and information over the years for a long period of time. And then it, when, when it becomes time for the hiring cycles, the insiders can throw out some tweets and talk about it on interviews and say, hey, you know who's getting a lot of buzz in league circles? Adam Peters or Josh McDaniels. There was so much buzz for Josh McDaniels. How was he as a head coach? He was buns, okay? So, and again, I'm not saying that Adam Peters isn't good at his job. All I'm saying is the buzz, like Adam Peters is so good and so valuable. All that's coming from is the insiders, is the media. And so a lot of times I'm saying there's a reason that that stuff happens. I'm not saying it's what's happening here. I'm just throwing it out there so people know. So you're, you're saying it's all about playing the game and it's not so much about the talent of where you are. That's in all business aspects, right? I mean, how yes. much of it is making those connections with your bosses or your boss's bosses? Like it, so much of everything comes down to human connections and it's just the way life works and maybe it's not fair, but the networking, that's why it's so key. It's not what, you know, as they say, it's who, you know, it's who you know, and it just goes to show, you know, the length of this era that we're in, this is now the seventh year of Kyle Shanahan. Now that Pete Carroll has been fired by the Seahawks and yes, he was fired. Nobody wants to say it. It wasn't mutual. They didn't want him to be the coach anymore. If he, if he didn't agree to it, quote unquote, he'd still be gone. He was canned. Which is anyway. stupid by the way, by the Seahawks. Well, whatever it is, what it is with them. My point is Shanahan and McVay are now the longest tenured coaches in the NFC. When the 49ers started this regime, there were four people. It was Kyle Shanahan, it was John Lynch, it was Adam Peters, and it was Martin Mayhew. And the thinking was Mayhew, specifically because he had been a GM before, and Peters were experienced in the front office, and they could sort of help John Lynch, who had never done it before. That was sort of the thinking. Well, guess what? Now Martin Mayhew is gone, obviously. Adam Peters is gone. John Lynch is not gone, and Kyle Shanahan are not gone but we've seen so many executives and coaches from the Shanahan regime spread out, spread their tentacles around the NFL that I, it just goes to show how long they've been there. I do want to say I heard on yesterday's show, Levin and, and you talking about maybe Martin Mayhew would come back and be yes. uh, the assistant GM. Maybe, but I mean, his picks in uh, with the commanders have been pretty brutal, especially those first rounders. Emmanuel Forbes, Forbes this year is like the worst pick ever. He took a 160 pound corner and you were like, yeah, we'll put him out in the field and uh, cover these like great wide receivers. He got murdered all year long, absolutely <laughs> slaughtered because he's smaller than me. So we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's, first of all, Mayhew may stay in Washington. We have no idea. We don't know what the ripple effects are going to be with this uh, on the 49ers, whether Tariq Ahmad will get promoted. We have no idea how any of that's going to work. That's going to do it for this edition of the best of on the gold standard podcast network. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Just a quick reminder on Sunday, we will be live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. We'll be doing an instant reaction to all the playoff action from that day. We may know who the Niners are going to play depending on what happens, but regardless, Levin and I will be there taking your questions, your comments, all of that stuff. So please, please join us as well. Like, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you hit the little bell, you'll get notified every single time we go live, which is every single weekday for you. 
Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. We'll talk on Sunday.